0: You are listening to the ASI Podcast. This is season 5, episode 41. I would be your host, Russ Shaw. Today, Chuck's story on the ASI podcast. Glad you came along today. Good to have you. Now, hey, uh, buckle up. This might be a wild ride. First
1: things first, I'ma say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been, oh, ooh, the way that things have been, oh. Ooh,
0: Amen, brother, preach it, preach it. Second
1: thing, second, don't you tell me what you think that I can be? I'm the one at the sale, I'm the master of my CEO, oh, the master of my CEO, oh. Ooh, I was broken from a young age, taking my soak into the masses, right of my... Birth.
0: Yes, Believer by Imagine Dragons. And because of certain copyright laws and bots that are out there, I can't play you the whole section of the song that I'd like to, but I can read you some of the lyrics. Again, this is by Imagine Dragons. The song is called Believer. And right as he goes into the chorus there i i had to cut it off but check it out i love these lyrics man i was broken from a young age taking my soul to the masses write down my poems for the few that looked at me took to me shook to me feeling me singing from my heartache from the pain taking up my message from the veins speaking my lessons from the brain seeing the beauty through the pain, you make me uh, you make me a believer, believer, pain. All right, this is the chorus. You break me down, you build me up, believer, believer, pain. I let the bullets fly, Oh, let them rain. My luck, my love, my God, they came from pain. You made me a you made me a believer, believer. Uh, love that tune. Check that out. Um, uh, Hey, there's a Spotify playlist for this podcast, by the way, if you search ASI podcast bumpers, you'll, uh, you can hear that song in its entirety or go buy it from iTunes or something like that. But, uh, has a lot to do with this conversation. I have in a coffee shop recording that with my friend Chuck today and welcome, uh, listeners Ladies, gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to the ASI podcast. Oh man, this here, let's uh let's push the envelope a little more. Here, put the needle back in the groove here.
1: OMs for the few that look at me, took the to me, shook me, feeling missing him from heartache, from the pain, taking my message from the vein, speaking my lesson, from the brain, seeing the beauty through the
0: ASI247.org. Oh, yeah. Songs like that, man, that goes to my heart. It resonates with my soul. I love that. Uh, It reminds me of this podcast and how a lot of times I'll say that. And I'll say it again. Maybe it's a disclaimer. I don't know. I'm not a professional. Like, I'm not a mental health expert. I'm not a sex addiction guru, all right? I'm not Mr warm sweater vest intimacy guy, right? Like it's, it's not me, but I've been through this and I, you know, successes, failures over the years. But listen, I know what it's like to feel like something owns you and you don't have control over your own body, man. I know I felt that shit and I'm here to, you know, like this song says, um, Singing the heartache from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lessons from my brain, seeing the beauty through the pain. Um, The wisdom that I share here, it's just that, all right? It's my life experience. I'm 49 years old Uh, today. I started this podcast 12 years ago. I was, what, 38, Uh, 37 I believe when I started this this podcast, and so this is just wisdom from a, a, another fellow human who's been through it. All right, that's that's all it is. It's taking my message from the veins, from my soul. I, I spit this stuff out because it's in me, and it. I, I just want to. I don't want people to have to just go through misery and and suffer. Unneedlessly, I, I encourage people to, and this may sound a little masochistic, right? Like, what, what are you playing in that song, Russ? It's a little, it seems, you're telling me to embrace the pain. Um, yeah, because it's going to be painful either way. You can you can experience a dull ache or rot, or you can just start to head into that as the, the, the Bible says, as the theists would say, right? The the valley of the shadow of darkness. You know, you, you walk right straight into it. And I've had to do that in my life. And, and and I'm here to tell you that there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's not necessarily a train coming. Although it might feel like that, you know. you, you got to stick with it and you got to keep going. And some of you, man, maybe you've been through recovery. Maybe you've had some some just uh, horrible teachers uh, over the years, and it makes you want to quit, right? That's the thing about relationships with other humans. First of all, none of us are perfect. We're all uh, beautifully, wonderfully fucked up in some weird way, (laughs) as another another podcaster would say. Um, But... Like my friend, Paul Young said, it's, it's, it's walking into relationship as the cure for relationship. Like you get hurt by relationship and what, what's the remedy relationship, you know, but somewhere in there. And that's why I'm a theist. This is why I have a faith in something greater than myself is because I believe that in that, Places where God, the Spirit, right, exists and thrives is when us humans get together not having it all figured out. We set our ego on the shelf over here and we work out this pain. And you do that long enough, you start to trust that higher power and you start to see that there's something greater there's force right the spirit there's god that is greater and bigger and more bigger than you all right there is you know that sounds like a truth statement right listen this is just my story again spitting it from my brain in my veins uh there's if there wasn't something out there bigger than me i wouldn't be doing this right now um my ego was just not freaking enough to keep any kind of sobriety much less sanity uh, over the years so excited to introduce you to my dear friend Chuck today but before I do that Chuck is one of those guys that I'm just glad I know the guy like he's he's one of those those people that You know, my life is blessed and more rich because of dudes like Chuck actually exist in the world. Gives me freaking hope. All right. But before we get into my conversation with my friend Chuck, we're going to uh, take care of some business. All right. ASI is a listener supported podcast. The reason you're hearing my voice now is because a listener gave someone gave to help put some gas money in the tank. Man, my life is, is busy. I don't have a ton of time and this, um, this takes time to do It's, it's, I love it. I do like having conversations with you, putting this, these podcasts out there. Uh, but again, it, does cost money and time and man thank you uh those who who keep this show rolling uh i want to give a the sponsor of this year episode mrs miss h out there uh thank you thanks for for donating female listeners to the podcast love that i know you're out there and you're heard all right I'm blessed and honored that you would spend some time with with this jacked up dude. You know the funny thing is is that the more I spend the more time that I've spent in this world to to use that word um studying uh talking to people, being interacting in relationships with others who feel compelled to enter into the healing arts and lend a hand, right? Put a hand out to to pull somebody up out of the muck and the piss and the pig shit. I love that story from the prodigal son, right? Like this guy finally goes, hey, um, my dad treats his servants better than I'm living. You know, uh, maybe it's time to stop sleeping with pigs and get up out of this mess. But for some of us with the trust issues, we're like, okay, but how do you do that? You know, I was so kind of uh, crushed and had a hard time with that verse. Also in the Bible where Jesus looks at the the woman caught in adultery and the end of the story, he says, you know, now go and sin no more. And I'm like, Okay, great. How do you do that? How do you do that, man? And it takes trusting others. And it takes reaching for that hand up and hoping that, you know, because we're, then we're really sensitive to agenda, right? We're really sensitive to someone who might hurt us for their own ego's sense of feeling better about themselves and then you get into religious constructs where you know like the pharisees right is it of the devil you know is if i go into this kind of healing will i be cursed by my religious tribe you know there's all this stuff going on when it comes to seeking healing right and i'll be honest one of the hardest things i've had to do is trust other humans and actually realize that not only do they exist but that there really is and take it from me uh, from my own life experience there really was other heart level believers to use that word that aren't afraid of the pain uh some folks cared enough about this raggedy punk rock guy from Seattle enough to put a hand out. And that's part of why I'm here. And and so ladies, you know, the more I hear about the sexual compulsive, uh, it used to be like, Oh, well for women, it's different. You know, women masturbate in the bathtub to a romance novel. Uh, No, not necessarily. All right. That's not always true. Um, I I laugh, but it's, it's kind of funny to me some of the naivety of some folks who do want to lend a hand, right? And God bless them for that. But again, make sure that you put your disclaimer out there too, that you're not an expert. Your life experience, maybe somebody coming from you know, a church or something like that grew up And again, it's why I like that lyric so much. It's almost like the anti guru, right? Like, I'm not the authority, but I am singing the heartache from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lessons from the brain, seeing the beauty through the pain. Those lyrics are like, I'm not an expert. This is my art. And that's part of our story and being honest about our story, telling the truth about our story, telling your truth. All right. It sounds very Oprah, doesn't it? But there's something to that. This is your truth. Now, having good um people in your life to ask you questions about your truth and to dig deeper into your truth is so incredibly important because it wrestles up some of that mucus right you can start coughing up some of them lump cookies and i know i'm going into weird metaphors now i'm getting over a cold so but that's part of ah, that's part of this putting it out there right coughing it up. You're telling your story. You're telling how your, uh, whatever it was, some religious aspect and knowing morality and kind of hiding some of that. And man, I feel bad for taking a bath or reading a romance novel. And, and that's, you know, so they say, Hey, I was a sex addict. Like, no, I don't know. Right. Like we could, we could have a conversation about that. Um, some of the women stories are just, identical to some of us guys man I've heard women say just scrolling for hours online looking for that right image or that right video that would get them off man I relate to that that's not just a guy thing and I'm I'm glad you you all are listening and I'm you know relieved that it's not some it's not always a super relational thing for women it can be and it can be for men too and when the relationships get into you know infidelity and stuff like that that's another conversation and everyone's different that's what I love about you know the years that I've been interviewing clinicians and therapists they'll say things like that like hey you know there's no silver bullet everyone's a little different so you know and I'm always looking for some tool or some bit of wisdom that'll work for everyone and it's just you know we all have a different story that's my point point. Uh, however you grew up. And that's the importance of telling our stories. Like this is, and what you struggle with is real for you. And I'm not trying to poo poo that or shit on that. Right? Like, okay. You struggle with that in the bathtub. Like let's, Have a dialogue because that's your story. And what I believe I'm trying to communicate here is just don't point the finger and tell people what to do because you got the answers. See, everything that you and I claim to know, all right, put that in air quotes, knowledge, right, that comes from our life experience and things that we've gathered along the way. Now, some of that can be from ancient wisdom, and that 's good right? You get into the the element of truth in there. Truth starts to bubble to the surface as we share our stories throughout this realm of time. Um, time is something i i 'm fascinated by the passage of time and the places and In the spirit, to use that word, you know, the opposite of ego being spirit, wherever you're at in your understanding of spiritual things, um, I see spirit as something timeless. There's something about that world that's just, it's timeless. Uh, Not sure how to describe that, but uh, just throwing that out there. I'm going to ask some questions of you, and I do that on the website, asi247.org in a thing we call the surveys. So ASI has surveys. I ask questions of you that you may have never been asked before um, as a way to get into your story, to uh, poke and prod around in your life experience there a little bit. Again, Not a therapist, all right? I'm just a dude. I'm just a curious boy asking questions. And I really do love people. I'm a lover of people. I'm a student of people. And I learn from you, uh, the listeners, as well by uh, you filling out these surveys. And I thank you for, for those who filled out surveys. And we got a survey filled out by a female listener and a few more surveys. And I'll, I'll read. Uh, I, I want to read a few of those before we get into Chuck's story. We will get into that. We will. But first, <laughs> a survey uh, filled out by. This is the being known the ASI or ASI confessional. All right, you come into the confessional booth and confess your. I ask you questions, all right? <laughs> I, know what you, I know what you're thinking, right? You, you thought you were going to confess some sins to your priest, Russ. No, hell no, I'm not your priest, all right? Uh, I ask some questions here. Um, being known, you're anonymous, but the survey's public. What kind of creative, cool, fun handle or nickname can you come up with yourself for the survey? Uh, Jelly Gal is the, the name she comes up with. Uh, female. Uh, Sexual orientation is straight, ages of between 39 and 46, uh, married, single, relationships, peace, and strain orientation. And there's drop-down, kind of multiple-choice questions, and then I ask one elaborate. So uh, she said, in a committed relationship with boyfriend or girlfriend, I said. She says, I have two long-term commitments. The first with my boyfriend. The second is with my Sancho. Uh, did your mother and father stay married or get a divorce? My parents or guardians went through divorce as a child. Were you an only child, or did you have brothers and sisters ever struggle with loneliness growing up and or if you had a brother or sister, how did it affect your well being um, She says, yes, I'm an only child. What a question to ask i almost it almost never ever comes up, and it is the meanest thing my mother has ever done to me uh, question three any trauma like childhood sexual abuse I have some h- sexual history as a child but I'm not sure it counts as abuse um, there's a there's a, a well there um, something to be mined I found in my story uh, I might have answered that question the same way in my story i um, just throwing that out there um, thanks for sharing that Question number four, do you feel the damage in your past life history is just your life and you will be fine, has healed and left a scar, or is still a painful wound afflicting you to this day? No, it's not just life, because I've never seen, read, or heard about anyone's life characteristics of my own. I was left with no family. There is no bloodline behind me. No one going forward everyone i loved and called family have all passed away i have felt everybody die everybody everybody has died and i could never have children i want 15 i wanted 15 children as my children god would give me no birth control but i never got pregnant never once now it can no longer happen so i love men i find comfort in the love I have with men um, question 15 does anybody else know about what you have revealed here do you live with the fear of getting caught exposed or a sick guilty feeling any closing thoughts or feelings about the survey yes more chairs oh yeah that's I'm not going to share that <laughs> that's that's private um Thank you uh for filling out that survey and and sharing that piece of yourself with uh with us. There's more surveys. Um I want to get into Chuck's story and I want to read those on a future show. The next show, I promise. Okay. Um asi247.org if you'd like to fill out a survey or leave a contribution uh to be a co-producer of this podcast like uh, Miss H there um, also if you go to the page that says give on the ASI website there's it's kind of weird because there's other places to give besides this podcast I wanted to explain that a little bit today because some of you um, like I did like I I so uh, I track with you guys like i uh, I you resonate with me some of you who have trust issues because I have them too I have less now. I'm getting better at learning to trust people, but I'm very sensitive to agenda. And I understand that when I ask for money, that sounds like I'm pushing an agenda. And that's why those are there, right? Like, I really firmly believe that there's some kind of real um, spiritual kind of... Like, free advice is about, you know, you get what you pay for, right? Um, But there is something to exercising the muscle of generosity when it comes to giving when it comes to freeing oneself when it comes to breaking the habit of hoarding which i think that some of compulsive sexual behavior is the hoarding of one's body to oneself right like there's a there's it, it, for me that's how it felt okay i'm just saying that it felt like a hoarding kind of spirit to it And for me, gratitude or being giving, right? Having open hands to give, um, I mean, that was hard for me. It's really difficult. It was a a difficult exercise. I still struggle with it, man. I'll be honest, especially when things are tight, you know, giving till it hurts. Really? No, man, I don't don't trust that. What's your freaking agenda, buddy? What are you after, right? And that's where I would go. So I understand that. That that may be in your spirit as well. So that's why those are there. I don't get money for you donating to Alice Cooper, who helps homeless kids in Arizona, you know, play guitar or whatever, right? Uh, there's other water in Africa or whatever it is. I, I don't remember all the things that I have on there to donate to. But yes, this podcast does need the money. But again, if you think I'm some Christian shyster with some agenda who's after your wallet, don't give to me, all right? So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sensitive to agenda, but again, yeah, that's that's the thing is, yeah, this thing does take money to, and as you can tell, I don't feel totally comfortable asking for money, but uh, you know, if I had wealth, I, I don't think I'd even ask. Right now, at this point in my life, that's the truth. But I don't, and it's needed. Thanks again for for all you guys do. Whether you give, don't give, leave a review, don't leave a review, you make, me a, you make me a believer, right? And listen, I know there's some theist out there that may be listening with a guard up. Sometimes religious or biblical appropriateness is just another shield for our trust issues, right? like we hire some kind of religious guard or ideology to keep us safe or keep us from having relationships with other humans in the world right you know i have i used to have a lot of guards up and a lot of it was this fear-based theology kind of thinking that i had um there's this verse in the bible that says that perfect love drives out fear i love that um along with uh light always overtakes darkness there's not a whole lot of always's and never's that i cling to all right i i like to throw those words out of my vocabulary but that's one of those things right like darkness can't take over light it just doesn't um so love driving out fear is one way that we can approach some of these things. Because some of you guys are like, hey, hey, that Imagine Dragon song. Don't you know those guys are Mormons, Russ? Like that guy that wrote that's a Mormon. You know, some of you, maybe a few of you are thinking that. Um, he, He's, you think he's really uh, part of a, like joined a membership to some Mormon church? Like, really? He grew up in that. Um. There is. Do you think? Here is another one for the theist. A good question. God's truth. Do you think that just belongs to you, or your denomination, or your institution, or system of thinking, or is there like a uh, overarching truth that is God's truth that covers it all? Uh, is there? Does this? Is this guy tapping into a piece of truth with that song, from his story, from his heart? I'm going to share a bumper by a punk band. A song is called Nightlife. Speaking of that, all right, um, something to think about also while you listen to this episode because Chuck goes into some uh, unorthodox. He steps uh, into the mystical unknown and his own belief systems, and I love that about him and his bravery and his thirst Um, I love that from Matthew 5 as well. Uh, Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Um, yeah, They'll find it and keep searching, keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. I'll shut up now. Here we go. We'll get into Chuck's story. And I'll apologize real quick up front for the audio quality in this. It's probably better if you picture yourself at the table with us in the coffee shop, all right? That'll make this more palatable and easier to listen to. Imagine you're in the coffee shop with us, sitting there at the table, and that's what it sounds like. So, some of you high-fidelity connoisseurs, God love you. Just fair warning. Have a cup of coffee, all right? Just chill. Or a cup of tea if you're from across the pond or South Africa. You guys are tea drinkers down there. Oh, yeah, punk rock and coffee shops. That's kind of how I roll nowadays. And I enjoy a spot of tea myself, all right? The other side of this bumper, when the pain gets great enough, that's when we start making changes, you know? when the healing is like okay healing yeah it's gonna be painful but i'm sick of the dull ache and rot of this over here so i'm gonna enter into a new kind of pain again that's why chuck i find him so freaking encouraging there you go i left it to
1: chance i never should have let this get so far out Anything to not be alone Cause when I'm alone you know I Can't easily fall back into Old habits that I thought I'd left behind They let me apart and I realize Don't be alone I have to lie Take everything and keep it inside I know I'm sick and I'm not a right. So I'm fucking tired of living this life I made for myself. I'm sorry that I Cannot get past what keeps me away From the line oh, this explains my problem to you don't like this every night Don't want to be like this Anxious and angry or hopeless and sad all the time Unable to get back to feeling I lost Somewhere along the line I wear it all my sleeve and everyone sees No matter how hard I try Never felt worse in my whole life Don't be I am. Take everything and keep it inside. I'm tired of living this life. I made for myself. I'm sorry that I cannot get back. What keeps me away from the line? This is life, no problem to you. Cause I feel like this every night. Feel like this every night. Feel like this every night.
0: Chuck. How you doing, man? My friend Chuck G on the podcast today. We are at the Loft Coffee Bar here in Everett, Washington, early in the morning. The sun's just coming up. We're a little foggy. It's been a lot foggy. Yeah? I got half a coffee gone, so I'm getting there. Yeah. (laughs) Just getting down there. At had a scone. So, yes, in the traditional coffee culture here in the Seattle metro area where... Aren't scones English though? I think so.
2: There's nothing. Coffee's it. Italian. It's, I don't know. No. Yeah. Nothing real English or Italian about Seattle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I wanted to introduce Chuck to the listeners of the ASI podcast. Thanks for being on, man. Well, you're welcome. Uh, Chuck is a guy lives here in Everett. You're an engineer. I am. You do uh, land developing, stuff like that. Yes. You've got two kids. I do. Single guy. Yes. And uh,
2: how old are you, man? 33. 33. I just had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> I know. I started getting up there. I was like, Sorry, what? Uh, I mean, I'm
0: 20. I'm pushing 50 now. I'm like, oh, oh crap. Shit. It's like, just like, <laughs> trying not to be it'll be 49 for a while. Um, I want to do... Uh, have you on the show, you know, you and I have talked, and we've been through some stuff together, and you, uh, you're no stranger to sexual sin, to use that word, right? (laughs) a lot of people are listening because you're stuck in different
2: habits of of sexual misconduct, or... No, I'm perfect. (laughs) I'm still wondering why you wanted me on this podcast. (laughs) Right? I live a perfect life. Which is, that's total bullshit. Um, yeah, no, I'm no stranger to it. I was, yeah, unfortunately we share a, a common interest or a common disaster. And that's still with the, still thinking about Rick's message last week, here, this past okay. Saturday. Again, or two weeks ago, I guess, as far as that soul development. Right, right. And so it's just. Rick is a pastor of uh, AC3
0: where I've been kind of off and on going to church for since I started this podcast was kind of the catalyst for starting this podcast, AC3 was uh, left to go to Mars Hill Church in Seattle for a while and when that collapsed I'm, I'm back at AC3 to, to clear that <laughs> up. so those guys are like family and that's why I'm back
2: there and, and uh, anyway so but I've been thinking about just the stuff it, so my road started about three years ago as far as the Figuring shit out, dealing with it. Right. Uh, dealing with the. just the crap I've lived through. So take um, me to. Uh,
0: take me to that kind of worst discovery moment. Most people, most addicts
2: would call rock bottom. My rock bottom. Your most rock bottom kind of it, moment. Mine's weird. It was, uh, it was when I found out that my ex wife was cheating on me. Um, and then it was. I was still in denial about it for a while. Right. Um, she had moved out and I had an apartment, you know, just making do and trying to pay my bills. And, yeah. and just come to realize that I wasn't anything. I was I had defined myself based on the money I made, who I was with, my friends, my lack of my outward appearance on how well I was doing right two kids yeah Black. I had an almost perfect family I had a I have two boys Right. So, but I still had two kids I had a wife she was making a ton of money I was making a ton of money I was traveling the world and, uh, and then you know she left and I had to quit that job and get a you know ride a desk right. she wants to do that if you're traveling the world right um and then that's how we met. I was just—I was done with life. I was ready to end it all. And that wasn't the first time I'd been there. Right. Uh, it was the first time that I was really going to go through with it. You and I met at um,
0: Poor Gardner. Community. Port Gardner Community Church. This is after the fall of Marcel. I was still looking for a a church in my city. That my friend Leo, who has also been on the podcast, was uh, was going to that church at the time. And Leo was also dying. Uh, He had cancer, and he did pass about a year and a
2: half ago. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Leo, great guy. And love the folks down there at Port Gardner. Oh, it's a great church. I still go there. Yeah. Um, I've been... (laughs) Double dipping a little? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's... Yeah, AC3 has a... They do a Saturday night service. Yeah. Um, And so I've been starting to go there. Just check them out. Yeah. And then I teach the... I help teach the kids, so the youth ministry at Fort Gurner. Okay. And so it's... I kind of like to double dip because I still get to sit and listen to the sermon. And I like to listen to other people's interpretation. And yeah, yeah. Call bullshit on them. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Not that my interpretation's holy a but... All right. Just the way I see it. Um, but yeah, so it's... it's Fort Gurner's They're a great church, and I really... I got a thing for Chuck Hickman, I mean, he did what he should have done, whatever I talked to him. So that's, so I was sitting in church, blowing my eyes out, going to go home and end my life because nobody fucking cared right. if I lived or died. So it's a hard way to feel, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you too. And so Chuck came over, obviously I'm upset, I mean, it's no, no secret, I'm not hiding any of this. Uh, and he says, you know, like, what's what's going on? And I just, like, I always say a word vomited all over the place on his lap, basically. You know, just, yeah. I'm done. I was sexually assaulted as a kid. Right, my life's over. Yeah. And he politely excused himself. And said, thank you. Um, and there was a lot of weird thoughts in my brain then, because it's like, oh, you fucker. Right. You just did the same thing that everybody else did. <laughs> they oh, I'm sorry, goodbye, and leave, you know. Right. Um, but no, and, you know, we... He introduced we you to me, and uh, I think I'd met you before, but... Yeah, you know, we'd know. known each other, but yeah. not... Nothing other than you go there and you wear camel pants, and I go there and... Uh, right. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I say it was all downhill from there, because I've been just diving deeper and deeper into the darkness of... I don't know, my, my traumas, my yeah. life experiences. Seeing where um, I've basically been walking through the valley. Right. So it's downhill in a good way. Yeah. Because it's, well, I guess I'm on the uphill side. I'm still in the valley. Yeah. But it's, there's light, there's, I have a path. At right. least I think I have a path. Uh, so this had to do
0: with, uh, Understanding your, you know, being sexual assaulted as a kid and how it, and how it made you feel at the time, like just where you were at, like I've been, I've been defined by this thing or crushed by it or where was
2: that when you brought that up to Chuck and me? Well, I was done hurting and hurting myself. Yeah. Um, and you kind of traced it back to that, or? Well, it was just a combination of everything. You know, so it, it's. Uh, I've learned that this pretty much started when I was five. Uh, not the sexual assault, but just the, the emotional and physical abuse from my parents. Right. Um, my yeah, I mean, they were just mean, people. Um, angry, I and mean, every. And then it moved into the sexual assault when I was a younger preteens kind of age. Um, And then I became very defiant on that because, well, my home's not safe, my school's not safe anymore. And that was the weird part too. Was up until then, I've always I always thought school was safe. And then it's so it's unfortunately my abuser was a teacher. And so then school just became not safe anymore either. Right. Um, Place you're forced to go. Yeah. Um, I did really well at, at medicating my symptoms uh, drugs and alcohol. And then it, I learned that my brain was actually better at it than the drugs and the alcohol. And so my, I used my brain to medicate. Right. And then sex, of course, is great. Cool. Uh, yeah. Because I have to prove my masculinity. Yeah, you know, I'm not a homosexual. Yeah. And that yeah, was, me too. That Let was, me show you how
0: gay I'm not. Yeah, I'm
2: not gay. I, I like uh, girls, yeah. so I'm gonna have sex with as many of them as I can. And that was, yeah, it was weird. Um, because it was, it afterwards it was just like, oh, like this shit still happened to me. She doesn't think I'm any more manly or less manly, or and I feel I still feel shitty. Yeah. Um, then I got married, and it was great because I didn't have to worry about you know having sex with all these other women. It was just this one, right? <laughs> and she was willing, so I was like, great. There's a little bit of issues with porn, but nothing I ever. I don't know. I never really had. Wasn't compulsive.
1: Uh,
2: no, I wouldn't say so. And then when she left, it was like, okay. So back to being, you know, a homo or not manly enough for her to stay. And that, that kind of rocked me too because she left me for another woman. And so it's you know I'm not adequate enough for just got the wrong parts, really. I don't know, there's a lot of weird things. And so that just brought me to just a total depravity right yeah it hurts man
0: just having someone you know, get in, you know I don't have a bead for what that's like because I was the cheater in my relationship you know um, but you know my wife said it would probably be even worse if it was a someone of the same sex you know yeah
2: I've always you know everyone always says like oh that's easier and it's like well, no it's not no. I can compare myself to another man a lot of guys yeah. watch porn with two women right and they think that oh you know this, that would be cool
0: but you know, you know, no not when you're face to face with a love relationship
2: well um, and you always see two like you know two girls go two guys going, too you know, it's, I'm sure there's a knack for that in the porn industry yeah. and and it looks really nice. But in reality, it's not. Like, it's not something you want to... I don't know. There's more to it than just the sex. Yeah. You know, it's... The, and that's... It's the intimate connection. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for,
0: really. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up the uh, the parent thing. And there's a lot of folks listening who... Some of them have a hard time with these conversations because they haven't been sexually abused. Yet they're, they're looking at you know pornography or they're acting out sexually in ways that are compulsive and they're thinking well what the fuck's wrong with me i haven't been sexually abused but the funny thing that you and i both share is people who said um i had a james noriega was a guy at, at mars hill who you know you know when i was unpacking all the my sexual abuse he said where were your parents do you need to unpack this shit with your parents That's when I started having uncomfortable conversations with my mom, which she was open to, and, and, and that was hard, but at the same time, that's also, I want other listeners to understand, like the traumas that you are impacted by relationally in life, and that affect intimacy, there's a lot of people moving to remove this word sex addiction start using words like intimacy yeah. disorder and the intimacy gets fucked up and traumatized
2: when you come from a house where I mean you were telling the story about being beat with a two by four when you're five oh, years old and so that and that's where so I did this I did a process with Amy yes uh, we'll talk about that we'll too um, so so Seth Taylor is a guest
0: that I've had on the show a number of times. Wrote a book called *Feels Like Redemption*, and he talks about uh, a big movement in his story was going to this place called the White Raven Center in Alaska and doing um, these different processes, which is controversial.
2: Very. very <laughs> yeah. yeah. concerned. Um, um, but, but anyway, go okay. Go ahead. But Let's so explain the, that. So just unpack that a little bit. When, as far as the sexual compulsion without the sexual abuse in the past, yeah, um, I, it is your parents, and it's not just your parents; it's the church, it's your whether it's school, how you're raised, your grandparents, any type of shaming. Yeah, and so that's what makes these predators us easy prey for these predators. Yeah. And and I came to this when, so I went to I did a process with Amy. I've had this horrible nightmare dream reality right. of the upstairs hallway of my elementary school. Right. So you've had and, this a reoccurring kind of dream. Yeah, yeah, even when I was awake. Right. Uh, explain a process really quick for listeners. What does um, that mean? You, you lay down on the ground. Uh-huh. you got a blanket over you. you got a little sleepy mask on. And you breathe and you breathe but you are getting you out mentally, of your head yeah, you, yeah but it's also too it's like mentally you go to that place right and then feel the emotions that are there and it's not just I mean granted all mine have been you know like sad hurt feelings but you can do it on the other side too so I can go to a place that's happy you know the best time of my life I can visually go there and then feel all the that um, and they and they the White Raven folks and Seth and Amy talk about the energy that gets stored in your body. Yeah. And that's all above my head. Right. I just know that when I was done, I was better. Yeah. yeah. And there's real psychological books written on this. Yes. Like, the, the Body Keeps the Score is written by a doctor. So, I, when I met energy. with Amy, it was I wanted to go to that place and try to fix, well, the issue. All right, And I got into it and... <clears throat> She went to a weekend retreat thing. First. Yeah, I first went to White Raven uh-huh. um, in Duval, which is just... Yeah, East they came Utah. here to Seattle area. Huh. And learned how to kind of do the process stuff and learned a lot of stuff in that weekend. Uh, and then it was like two weeks after that, I went and, you know, did a process with Amy. But so she realized that I couldn't do what I needed to do in this hallway because of shame. And so she brought me out of it very quickly. Right. And it says, you know, like, hey where's the shame come from? What are you talking about? Well, you don't want your adult self to see your child self like this. No, because it feels good and I know it's wrong. Yeah, okay, so where does that shame come from? It's like, well, my parents. Because that's who was, that's what was taught to me from an early age. Yeah. Like when I was a little kid. Yeah. My church. And so then we had, you know, we dealt with that and that was some interesting stuff. But anyway, when I moved through the shame portion of it, I was able to then go into back into this hallway and deal with my my problem. Right. This is the hallway in your dream. Yeah. And so I just when I think about the compulsion compulsive you know pornography or sex, it's like okay what that's a symptom. Yeah. So what is the problem? Well most likely it's shame. You are shame for that. Feeling good. Yeah. Now, do I think that you should go out and have a bunch of sex? No. But there's a whole other myriad of reasons why you shouldn't. Right. Should you look at porn all damn day? No. You really shouldn't. It's really not good for you. No, it's not good for you. (laughs) Am I shaming you for it? No. No, no. You have a problem. And it's fine. Yeah. If you want to sit in that room, that's fine. You don't? Okay. Figure out why you're looking at porn. Yeah. And then move it, fix it. Move to change it. Yeah, move go. to go through that dark valley. Yeah, and that's what it that requires. So
1: that means yes. that's the hard part. <clears throat> yeah.
0: yeah. So, as a Christian guy, uh, going to a place like White Raven Center, right? <laughs> so, and, and Seth's talked about this, and Seth has been accused of being a pagan and leading people astray, and you know. This has got Indian American kind of spirituality to it. Um, really, it's a scientific, scientific. Chuck and I see a, a therapist. Uh, we're in a group for men who uh, are survivors of childhood sexual assault. And the therapist was talking about this kind of therapy. And she's like, yeah, it's very much like EMDR, which EMDR which is, is, is a. A similar way of going into your emotions, your thoughts, uh, traumas, it leads you right into your traumas and you walk through them. Um, the the White Raven Center thing just brings kind of an Indian American spin to it yeah. because it's in Alaska. Yeah. Now are they chanting or calling down? Demons? This is a this yes. is a outpatient. They right. They are. Yeah. <laughs> this is an outpatient <laughs> mental health facility. Um, but yeah, there's songs and there's music. And yeah, there's, and it's
2: cool. So it's, there, there was this one song, and it's they sang they sang it in the original language, which I have no idea what they were saying. It was sounded like <laughs> a bunch of sounds, you know, like right. they like grunts and noises. And then they were, you know, they had some words in English. Uh, but it basically came down to they were calling this uh, like a raven, I think, right, which yeah. is supposedly a raven is like this strong, powerful creature. Yeah, yeah. And there is this part where it says like, "Go ahead and talk, raven," or whatever. And then there's a silent part in the song. And you hear this raven just start squawking like a champ outside this, like we're in the earth, you know? Uh And I'm like, uh, that's kind of weird. (laughs) Whether it was on purpose. Or a crow or something? Or, no, the crows sound different. Yeah, ravens are Um, kind of froggy sounding. Well, yeah, and then they can, they actually have multiple sounds. They almost, they can almost sound like human talking, actually. Yeah, they can mimic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're like a minor bird. But it's, whether it was total coincidental or on purpose or whatever you know, whatever it was, but tape recorder in the back it's it was still cool you know it's still just like, oh shit yeah. the Raven talks. Yeah okay so here we are <laughs> we're still here you know? right. like, but that freaks a lot of Christians out like, totally. that's gonna be well and so it's when when I first voiced that I was gonna do this, right. I got a lot of kickback right. Um, my my family was a little nervous for me. Uh-huh. Um, I think I made the comment to my mother that don't worry, I won't drink the purple Kool Aid, <laughs> referring to the the Hail Bob Comet people oh, yeah. movement that was yeah, like, what was that like the nineties or, or late two thousands or late nineties early two thousands. Uh-huh. She didn't think that was funny. Yeah. And then I had a another friend that was just like totally no, like this is like the devil. This is paganism. Okay. Um, this is, you know, you're gonna go to hell. <laughs> and it's like, well, I've done, a, I've done a lot of things in my life. Like, I haven't been struck dead yet. Yeah. And I don't think I'm gonna go to hell for those things. It's seeking healing, but yeah. And what I what I've tried to do isn't working. Isn't working. And what the church has been it's trying like, to well, do for decades—screw that! The church was part of my problem. Exactly.
0: <laughs> because it's shame that it just piles on the shame.
2: Yeah. So the I'm gonna pull up some some scripture for those okay. that don't like scripture. <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> So, so in Matthew chapter twelve, because we are Christians, Seth would say, "I am a Christian." Yeah, I'm a very different Christian yeah. than I was, but I'm
0: a, I'm a Christian. I I too, and I believe in seeking out healing.
2: Does Text. this mean you get into black black magic? Is when you're trying to curse somebody. Well, and so, and I've always used this. Use this analogy. So there's a story that talks about this woman that kept believing in the Bible, and she was she, she knew that Jesus was walking through her town. Yeah. And you know, oh wait, this this pastor, this preacher, this teacher, this healer yeah heretic coming. he's he was called the heretic. Yeah, he, was. he was the biggest freaking heretic of his day. So she learns that he's coming through, and so she crawls through the crowd to right. touch his cloak. Okay. Robe, whatever whatever he was wearing, she believed that if she just touched Jesus, that she would be cured of her healing, of her bleeding, so she'd be healed. Yeah. And you know, so she touches his cloak, and Jesus stops and notices her, and he's like, "What are you doing, woman? You know, like stand up." Yeah, he felt the energy. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, and just like that woman, she all she had to do was just touch his clothes, and she'd be healed. And granted, that was her faith that healed her. So going to White Raven, I'm kind of skeptical of this. Yeah, and even after the first, and you
0: walked in as a skeptic. You're not like,
2: yeah, it's like, hey, if this works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm going to try. Yeah, and I'm going to put forth effort to do this. Uh And after the first night, I was smoking a pipe to try to get a nicotine fix, which is actually really (laughs) hard to do. Um, I had a, I had a flask with some whiskey in it. So I was drinking that, which I found out later that they're like totally against you bringing any you know, drug and alcohol <laughs> or thing, because it's like it's they're numbing the yeah, yeah. feelings. So it's like, yeah. oh my bad. I don't really care. I mean, it's it's just where it was. Yeah. And then Saturday happened, and it just opened my eyes. Um, I learned that I, my body was even better at removing the pain from my life than I thought. Right. It's not all in your head, is it? No. Yeah. It's Um, trapped in your body. There was a they called it an entity that had attached to um, myself. It was like a I developed an alternate personality to cope with being triggered on my sexual abuse and the abuse from my parents. Wow. Um, Luckily I was able to move through that and I haven't found that I I had issues with Time loss uh, Wake up somewhere Kind of Come to Right Not wake up from sleeping But like just come to And have no idea Not how I got there But like where I was Right Or how long But like, why am I even here right, uh, right And so that's So this disassociation Had been a yeah, thing For a while For a long time I thought it was normal uh, I just You know I'm When you grow up And you're normal you're, Yeah I mean when yeah. I in so Friday I say it was bullshit But it, I kind of learned That that's what I was doing um, didn't know the full extent until that Saturday um, and then Sunday was just a good day it wasn't it wasn't you know like mind blowing like Saturday was and I mean I was we were up late Saturday night dealing with myself I watched a lot of cool things yeah. watched this kid burn himself right um, but yeah so it's my friend was telling me this is the work of the devil and, you know I was trying to explain some of the things as far as what they do and <clears throat> I threw some scripture at my friend. So again, <laughs> Matthew twelve twenty two talks about the Jesus being a blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And uh, so it, the short the version Pharisees. is the Pharisees were telling Jesus that he was the devil. Exactly because what he exactly. commanded this blind mute person. So that there was a demon that was inside of him To keep him from seeing or speaking Right And so Jesus commanded the demon to leave And then the Pharisees were like Hey, you're the work of the devil And Jesus explains that No, not Because if the devil casts out the devil Then that's a house that's divided Right and How can a house be divided, stand and still be divided Exactly um, And so it was just It was like a Oh Well, there's another meaning for that. that You must be getting something different. My friend, you know, like it must be kind of different. It's like no, and I had some other verses that I kind of like the like the the Pharisees
0: accusing Jesus of healing by the power of Beelzebub. Yes, sound familiar, right? Yeah, and he's like, you know, the guy interviews the guy who, well, I was blind and now I see like that's all I got is he a heretic I I don't don't know know. I'm just was blind and now I that's all I got
2: well and it's so funny this the the Pharisees and the Sadducees they're they're so hung up on these little minute things you know well uh, he did it on Sunday and the blind guys I don't really care yeah it's Sunday I didn't know I was blind dude yeah. I can see you. Yeah. I've been blind for a long time. I can see. Yeah. Not just a little. Oh, I'm good. I'm exactly.
0: Good. They were very certain about their thing being right. Yes. And that can block healing for a lot of people.
2: I've heard people
0: even say uh, medication is the work of the devil. Um, and it's funny how we get into naming entities and stuff like that. I'm still on the fence about a lot of that stuff, you know. But I think that when we call depression, depression... We're naming it. There was a gal, uh, Naughty Bolts Weber, wrote a great book called Accidental Saints. And she talks about uh, when she had depression. Like as a pastor, she goes, yeah, I believe in demons. But I also believe that, she goes, when I had depression, she goes, when I started to move through it, I named it. And she, said, and she was also a stand-up comedian for a little while. So she said she named, this is about the time that Courtney... And Kurt had a baby, right? Francis was the baby, and she goes, "I kind of feel bad for this, but I named my depression Francis <laughs> because it was the child of Courtney and Kurt." You know, it was just, and I pictured her in a torn evening dress, standing there with a long cigarette and a bottle of vodka, about half drank. You know, lipstick smeared across her face, and that was my depression. I named it Francis, and she goes. When I, start, I started taking uh, like Zoloft or something like that, Yeah. And, and she goes, "It's funny how that bitch hit the road <laughs> after that, right?" So, yeah, you know, the, did we? Did the Bible? Did you know? Are these stories calling mental health issues,
2: demons, well, as they, a way they, to deal with them? They might be. They um, might be. I don't know. You know, the, there's a, a story that talks about um, the possessed boy. And the man comes to Jesus and says, uh, "You know, if you can, can you try to do something here?" You know, right? And Grant, Jesus looks, talks to the Father, and he's like, "What do you mean, if?" Like, "Hello, I can do anything I want." Yeah, you know, like you can do anything you want. And then the man, but pleads with Jesus. He's like, "Okay, try." You know, like, "Please, I have faith. Help me with my faith too, in this." Anyway, so it, it explains that the boy, you know, is violently thrown down to the ground he's stiff he's foaming at the mouth twitching kind of thing and it's like oh he's having a seizure and then Jesus casts out the demon right. and he stops having the seizure now does that mean that everyone that has seizures is a demon possessed? maybe I don't, know. <laughs> maybe maybe that's, don't what know. that's
0: what these folks at White Raven would say. And there's, there's a book called, uh, I was just l- r- looking it up, um, Marissa Pierce. She's one of the founders of the White Raven Center. It's called Rapid Transformational Therapy. Yeah. And this is what Chuck experienced. This is what Seth experienced. Um, I've talked to a few other folks that have been there. Uh, I did a process with, with Amy uh, at, at Seth and at, at Amy's house, um, it wasn't to the extent that you did <laughs> going no, to the yeah. thing, but it was. It was
2: you know it, it well, was it, transformation. I, did I have any of those? Uh, you know, the first thing I think of is like The Exorcist. Right? Like, did I have an Exorcist moment? Not like the movie. Granted, there was this. My body was talking. Right. When I wasn't allowing my body to talk. Right. That there, there's something to say about that. I mean, I'm there, present. Sort of Trying to escape The hurt I mean, granted I'm in this room Feeling the feel and, right. that, and my brain says No My ego is like Hey we need to survive Yeah Go to your place And I'm trying to get there And I, I And your place I, I, was outside of you My right? place was Yeah my place was locked in this box Well the box no longer existed Because I was told That I would develop this Alternate personality Right So now I have I'm conscious of the fact That I do this and so when I go to find my box, it no longer exists. And so I'm trying to find it still. To escape this, the feelings. And I go from crying to laughing hysterically, talking to Marion right. with this, like, 11-year-old, evil-style, protective voice. And it's like, no, shut up, body. Like, why is my body talking? All right. Now... You know, Miriam says, you know, take sovereignty over your body and command this thing to leave. And it's like, well, okay, I'll try. And I, you know, get the hell out of my body. It took a little while. But it wasn't like this exorcist moment where somebody else was holding a Bible and a cross over me. You demon I demand you to leave. I mean, it was me saying, get the fuck out. (laughs) Right, exactly. Was it an actual demon? I don't know. Yeah, I just know it doesn't exist anymore. I don't really care what it is. That's right. trying to—that's labeling the fact that I was healed on Sunday. Right. Yeah. Now you didn't go to this thing to stop smoking. Oh yeah, that's that's a great thing. Too. <laughs> no, I went I went to White Raven Center to be cured of my sexual abuse, right. which you can't be cured from something that from your it's sexual history. abuse. You can, yeah, it yeah. happened. It just, I can't yeah. not do it. But the anxiety it. and the after effects. So yes. Yeah. Um, so, I have smoked for a long freaking time. Um, cigarettes. Cigarettes, yeah, 20 yeah. plus years. Um, yeah, about that, 20 years. I think I was 13 or 15 when I started smoking. I used to steal my mom's cigarettes out of her purse and shit. Anymore. Right. I've been trying to quit for like, I don't know, at least 10 years. Um, and three years is pretty hard, as so I understand. Very hard. I've known you. Yeah, very hard. And it's oh, it was the hardest... It was... The hardest thing I'd ever been doing. Um, so Saturday happened. I commanded this thing to leave my body, and then never really thought about the cigarettes. It didn't. It didn't take until like Tuesday, Wednesday afterwards, did I realize? Wait, not only did I not have a cigarette, I haven't even had a craving for a cigarette. And I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe it's just because I had this long weekend where I didn't smoke, and, you know, and everyone says everything in three, so three days, and you're over that hump, and in three weeks, and you're pure. You don't have to, you know, you won't want to smoke anymore. Right. But it's like, no, come on, I'm still going to have a craving. I'm just not going to have the habit of going to get cigarettes. So, I said to my buddy, I'm like, hey, give me a cigarette. And, you know, he's like, I thought you quit. I'm like, well, I don't know. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test it, though. So, I light it, and I'm gagging it. It's gross. It tastes nasty. Oh, so I wow. go to White Raven to be cured of my sexual abuse. And I'm really cured of, you know, smoking. Them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, and it's not just that, though. Um, Seth talks about, you know, he uh, the compulsive issue with pornography. Yeah. And for him, he, it's porn. And he goes and was instant. You know, he just doesn't have a, a drive for it anymore. Um, and so is there entities that... You know, want to help us numb our bodies sure Yeah. did help I us get survive. rid of mine yeah, yeah. in fact right. we named him Spaceman Spaceman cool. yeah. Yeah. yeah and its I'm currently writing a little blog for the punk theology stuff that we do oh cool um, and I'm Chuck is a fellow punk theologist yeah I'm a fellow punk <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know about the theologist part <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's this can be kind of interesting because I'm trying to figure out how to make it short blog style Right. But then really get all the details into, which is yeah, it's, it's difficult. Man, yeah, yeah. So. Cool. I look forward to seeing that,
0: Chuck. Thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, listeners, uh, yeah, punktheology.com. You're one of the, the guys in the group, and we do that every every week or two or whenever we decide to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thanks for being on, Chuck, and I appreciate you and appreciate your story. And, you're welcome. Uh, later. Later. There goes my buddy Chuck. Hey, uh, ASI247.org, send us an email. Send me an email. I could pass that on to Chuck if you'd like to interact with Chuck a little. Uh, after hearing his story, I wanted to leave you with a song, and I'm not going to be braggadocious about having a sound mind. Um... Or kicking out fear man I'm still on the journey of understanding how fear and shame operate in my life today uh, but I, I do love this song and, and Matthew West is one of my I don't like a lot of Christian music all right I'll, I'll be honest <laughs> I'm a Christian mystic spiritual anarchist But I do love this song, and I I do love the no-bullshit approach of of Matthew's music. Um, Sometimes I wish a punk band would cover some of his stuff, to be honest, because it's it's that, you know, kind of gritty. So I wanted to leave you with this as I tune out. Um, Listen, uh, ASI is the property of Digital Audio Project LLC, who is responsible for its content thanks again for listening asi247.org again is the website and heart mind love sex and affection is the facebook group for this here podcast if you'd like to uh stop by there and say hi join the conversation we'd love to have you till next time bye
1: Brian just got back from overseas Suffers from PTSD He's at the VA hospital in Phoenix Raven's mom died her senior year Why did God have to take her away from here? Some days she still can't believe it. Ian's just eight years old Way too young to know what the word anxiety means But he told me my song strong enough helps him through And Amy's a single mom Driving her little girl back and forth To chemo treatment she can't afford Don't know what she's gonna do Everybody, everybody got their own impossible to cry. Everybody, everybody, truth to shout louder than the lie. Loud- Most of our lives at the intersection of faith and fear, which way we go from here will define our destination. But trust is a choice to say, I will not listen to that voice. The one that says you might as well stay down because you're never going to make it.
0: Don't forget to subscribe.